0: I think the Lakers, I mean, look, the Suns are a deep team and um, it's a big, you know, a big edge against like the depleted Lakers. I mean, You know they like Ad's out with a groin injury. He says he still wants to play. I saw that this morning, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I know Caldwell Pope missed Game Four, and you know he's got a knee contusion. I think that's a mess. And then, you know, they need Ad and LeBron. I think we all know to make to go deep. But I think that you know that like if you're a gambling man, you're going to take. I definitely think you're going to take the Suns in Game Six tonight. But I think the Lakers will. You know they'll put like a circle the wagons type effort, you know, and they're going to try to get the series back to the desert. But I don't know. I think it's going to be really tough with all their injuries, CP3, Devin Booker. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for the Lakers tonight.
1: (laughs) opulent inventory our proud partners here on the show now you can finally have the apple product times the apple guys that's right from airpods to iphones to macbooks to apple watches to trade-ins and much more now you can have the apple product of your dreams promo code podcast gets you 20% off that's right 20% off on any apple item Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. back here inside studios, the Sebi podcast radio show here on WNSC radio, streaming 16 different platforms worldwide. Yet again, a familiar cast, my ride partner, my man, Michael Gray, at home with us on the hotline with us on the Sebi podcast radio show. My man, Mike, how do you do?
2: Everything good, brother, up here in New York City, running around, you know, uh, making money, making moves, up here living life, man, enjoying everything. How's everything going with you? Everything's going well. Big man, Mike. Rich man, Mike. Hey, huh? that's, what, that's what they call it in the <laughs> city of Big Apple. It's only fitting, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you almost get that ghost feel sometimes when you're out here doing your thing in New York City. <laughs> Any of the powerheads out there.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely, there. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, we had a great Memorial Day weekend. Great Memorial Day weekend. Grill and barbecue, pool. It's oh, good yeah. to be back. It's it's We're winding down, Mike, to one of the best times of the year, summertime. you have got <laughs> lots of tennis, soccer tournament championships starting. The NBA finals is upon us. You've got baseball in full swing. It's one of the best summers.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. There's so many sports going on, especially. So it's such high-level competition in each sport during this time of year as well, playoffs and basketball and things like that. So, yeah, this is one of the best times of the year for sports fans, and I'm enjoying it.
1: No doubt for sure. Fun action Pack Action today. A guest, a very special guest that is coming with us in segment two today. We'll go ahead and talk about some of the biggest uh, topics in WNBA, NBA, and, of course, what's going on in tennis. But first, Mike, we start off with our segment, and we want to talk about some of the biggest news, the biggest and breaking news that's been going on. Uh, none other than we'll start off with, The Julio Jones saga, which is a big thing. Lots of teams are really starting to see um, if they can make a a name for themselves to kind of go ahead and perhaps lure the seven-time Pro Bowler from Atlanta. 32 years old. He's probably still got a lot of football in him. We've seen teams like the Chargers, the Rams, New England name has been swirling around. And we've got a new team in the party, Mike. Not, not it's not the Baltimore Ravens, which we thought it would be, but it's the Seattle Seahawks. Can you imagine pairing up DJ DK Metcalf, excuse me, along with Julio Jones and locket in the slot? So, biggest, biggest news that's going on right now, Mike.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of teams that can use a player like Julio Jones. He's one of those players that even at his point in the career right now, he can change the landscape of not only a division, but an entire conference, depending on which team he goes to. Uh, with with what they already have in place, so yeah, now I'm not surprised that Seattle is on the list as one of the new teams that's happy because they're trying to do everything in their power to make sure Russell Wilson is happy and stays intact in Seattle. So I'm not surprised by that at all. It's um, he's a high-priced athlete. He's a, he's one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best. So yeah, Julio Jones is going to be on the market for a lot of teams. Going to be a lot of teams fishing for him and things like that. But I'm not surprised that these teams are coming to the forefront now because he's that he's still that special of a player and he could change the dynamic of an entire. A conference and division in, in just one signing. And, and unlike the Green Bay Packers and what they see, how they're
1: ma- mismanaging Aaron Rodgers, they're not doing the same. In mm. fact, didn't we recall that the Green Bay Packers said they wanted to make a statement and actually, well, you know, their relationship right now is pretty fragile with Aaron. But if you want to make that statement that you said and you really want to get Aaron some weapons, can you imagine Devontae Adams opposite of julio jones if you really want to do that i'm not sure why the green Bay packers aren't in this mike it's it's, it's interesting to me especially if aaron Rodgers leaves and the successor is jordan love jordan love is probably not going to have any weapons himself to work with so i'm i'm it's intriguing to me why the cheeseheads and the green and yellow are in this
2: well, the green and yellow might, might, not, might not want to worry about Julio Jones because they might not even want Aaron Rodgers back uh, to begin with in the first place. It might be some conversations going on behind the scenes where they're like, ah, they're, they're, not really, they're not really willing to make that move because this relationship might not be salvageable. So it really depends on the angle that they're trying to go for the future. Uh, getting a move with Julio Jones – it's good for the right now, but are they focused on the right now or are they focused on the near future? Which is the biggest question. And based on the moves that they're making, the acquisitions they're acquiring and looking for, that's that's going to determine our answer right there. And from what we've seen so far, we can tell, yeah, they 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 are not they're not very um very how Julio they're not really pursuing him as as well as much.
1: Yes, indeed. So, um, other big news, my beloved Boston Celtics, Mike. Um, in the news yet again, not for the right reasons. Of course, we know what happened with the debacle, the massacre, the bloodbath that happened against the Nets. We, we get that, right? But right. Here, here, here's this thing, like, you know, I get really emotional when I talk about my, my, my you know, my black, green, and white, right? Yeah. I, I, you know Everybody knows that I bleed green. Yeah. But, Mike, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to me because Danny Ainge retires... Brad Stevens, we understand it was a bad year, and and they had all these issues that's going on. It's it's a weird season with mix of bubble-like home courts, and then now fans coming back in, lots of injuries. We get that, right? But Brad Stevens, I like the guy, right? Eight seasons. We've been excellent defensively. And out of those eight seasons, seven of those eight, we've been top 10 defensively. He, he's the guy can coach. The, the guy, it, I, I don't question his judgment, especially as, as a coach that schematically draws up plays and all that. We get that, right? Yeah. If yeah. Danny Ainge retires. Brad Stevens, what's, what's his track record? Indiana kid, Butler, made very successful, went to two Final Fours. In fact, actually went to a national title nearly beat duke in 2010 if gordon hayward makes that buzzer beater so the yeah. guy has a great track record. mike can you, now there's sort there's there's research out there that says he's gonna help to find his successor is it gonna be jason kidd if, if is it gonna be somebody else this is this is interesting to me mike because you're stuck with braun and tatum but now it's like is brad stevens really up for this job like is he the right guy
2: mike it, it, it's it's interesting to me it's very interesting as well, but only time will tell. That's one of the beautiful things about somebody who has a fresh start at an entirely different position than they've ever had is, is we don't know. It's the unknown. We don't know how if they're going to do bad. We don't know if they're going to do uh, very well. It all it all depends on the time and the culture that, that they build uh, early on as far as the first impression they make, some things like that, the moves they make and stuff. So, it's, it's very interesting to me, but I I, I understand where your concerns are, and your questions are, and your and your perspective is coming from because uh, you you heard you heard a lot of former NBA players, coaches, and things of that nature come out as, uh, with their thoughts and opinions on Brad Stevens basically almost getting promoted, getting fired, and then hired on the same on the same day, and uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where to me you you can say that it, I heard Kenny Smith say on TV last night. You can try to say that this isn't a promotion. But at the same time, it, it, it kind of is. I mean, if you really think about it, it is a promotion because he's going from the head coach to the, a higher-up position. That's right. that's that's a promotion all in one right. day, less than 24 hours. And the question is, is he up for the job? Is he going to be willing to – because he's a very mild-mannered guy. and We saw when he was a head coach, one of the biggest knocks, as great as Brad Stevens was, and he was well-renowned, as one of the top two or three coaches in the league during his tenure. As great as Brad Stevens is as a coach, one of the biggest uh, discrepancies or one of the biggest downfalls knocks on him as a coach was his inability to manage the egos of superstars when they were on his team. The superstars on, that were on his team, when you're talking about when Isaiah Thomas rose to stardom, when, uh, when a Kyrie Irving was there and things of that nature. When the guys were there, he didn't, he didn't know how to manage those egos and put it all together. And that was one of the biggest discrepancies against uh, Brad Stevens. Now he's moving up to the presidential presidential basketball operations position. We'll see how that pans out for him. But as far as, you know, just is his, is his mild mannerness going to get in the way? Is he going to be one of those uh, presidents that takes a step back and lets the coach pretty much run the show and do his thing? Or is he going to be one of those hands-on, be a little <laughs> bit more assertive and and, and be and, and make the moves and make the necessary changes on his behalf? That That's going to be the biggest question, and because we have no track record, we're, it's going to be something
1: we have to wait and see. Yep, we're definitely going to have to go ahead and wait and see in that. But one last thing to talk about this, Mike. Some of, some of the – we've never seen a head coach. The only head coach that's ever gone up has been Pat Riley, right? Pat Riley, Showtime, a Lakers in the 80s with Magic, James Worthy, Kareem. He did it. He he went from that to coaching the Knicks in the 90s with Patrick Ewing, Allen Houston, Charles Oakley and, and those bad boys. And then went to got the opportunity in Miami and then stepped up and got a, a role like that. That's the only coach in history that's 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 ever done that. Well, Phil as well. I, I forgot about Phil uh, right. Lakers, Bulls. And now he, he he had a stint in New York where he was GM. But those are the only two coaches that's ever done that. What do those two coaches have in mind? Those are arguably two of the top five coaches, or perhaps to ever to ever live. Right? If you yeah. want to throw in Popovich, I, I, Popovich in there. If you want to throw those coaches have rings. They have pedigree. They have championship pedigree. They have a resume. As good as Brad Stevens is, he doesn't have any of that. And then no, the, the thing that Pat Riley and Phil had is they knew how to scout. They knew how to manage egos. Shaq yeah. and D Wade, right? Pat Riley, he had uh, uh, Patrick Ewing. He had um, he had to break up fights in the locker room with you know James Worthy and, and, and Magic. We, we talk about Phil co- coaching <laughs> Kobe and, and Michael Jordan, uh, Dennis Rodman. Those guys knew not only X's and O's, you know, and, and not only being able to relate with players and, and control them in the locker room, but they knew how the cap how the cap worked. They knew how to lure free agency. That's the question mark. There's only been two coaches in the history of the of the NBA that's ever gotten that. Brad Stevens is the third. We're gonna see how that works out because to me, there's a lot. There's more questions than answers at this point.
2: Yeah, very, very true. Very true. And you brought up some great points about those coaches and things like that, and having that pedigree. And like you said, that that's you get rewarded when you when you develop and evolve as your position grows. To reach the highest peak of that position, you continue to develop. That that's just a natural you know, like you said from Brian Stevens. He he built he he helped build that team when he got the, the, the big three. He built that team, but then they continuously got better, but then they got stagnant over time and never reached the hump, never reached the NBA finals. You know, they got to the conference finals a couple of times, but could never get over the hump. So that, that was one of the biggest questions for Brad Stevens. So we'll see, we'll see how it plans out for him. Um, it, it's, it's unfortunate because I know it's a lot of brothers out there who have put in a lot of work in the league that would deserve an opportunity at this position before he does. So I know that's that's where a lot of the you know the the, the, the discrepancy from him comes from. But you know at the same time we'll see we'll see what he does. We got we got to give the brother a chance.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, there for sure. Go a uh, short, quickly before uh, we go to the next part here. Um, you, you look at his successors. Who who can it be? Who's the leading candidate for this job, Mike? There's there's names like Jason Kidd. There's also names like Lloyd Pierce that's been swirling around. Who's who's the guy that you think um, best fits Boston? Because when you look at this position, this is a coveted job. You have Tatum, you have Brown, you have Smart. This is Boston. There's expectations, Mike. This isn't the Atlanta Hawks or the Indiana Pacers you're coaching. You're you're, you're coaching the Boston Celtics, and, and that's a coveted job. So it, this isn't a job for anybody, and we both, as the postseason ends too, there's some guys that are coaching right now. That if their teams get bounced out and teams want to make the changes, there's going to be a lot of coaching vacancies open too. The Terry Scotts may be available. There's there's this there's, there's going to be teams. So who to you you think is ready for this job? Because this is the Boston Celtics. This isn't just any franchise. You're coming to coach.
2: Yeah, it's a few. It's a few names that come to mind. I love I love the Jason Kidd perspective that you brought up. I think he would be a nice fit there. Sam Cassell is one of the brothers I've been very. Bring high. Sam, I, I, I doubt, am back, right? I doubt. I doubt. I doubt that. I doubt that Doc Rivers would, that Doc Rivers would would hate to let him go off his staff. Sam Cassell is somebody that Doc Rivers has high, high respect for. So uh, I know I know he would hate to get him off of that Philly staff, especially with the work that he's doing with the, with Ben Simmons and Maxie and those young point guards over there in Philly. But Sam Cassell is somebody that would that would absolutely be a brilliant to me in Boston. I just love to love his leadership, love his his energy, his alpha mentality. Him bringing that energy to your young a young killer and Tatum and Brown that are ready to go right now. That that would be special. And also, also with the development of you know not development, but the you know the bringing a little something extra out of Kimber Walker, something we already know is in there. But somebody like a Sam Cassell could bring that little extra out of Kimber to really make, make him shine on that next level and continue to to to, to build in Boston. So Sam Cassell could be somebody you want to blow up Lord Pierce. Uh, Terry Stotts, like you said, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't pan out in Portland, I think Terry Stotts is out of there if they lose this series in Denver first round. So that would be a great uh, acquisition right there. But, um, you know, maybe nah, – nah, nah, they wouldn't go Scott Brooks. I wouldn't even do that because I don't, I don't believe Scott Brooks is going to be in Washington uh, uh, within the next couple weeks. But those, those are the top three candidates I would see. Sam Cassell. Uh, I love uh, Jason Kidd. I love Lloyd Pierce. And uh Mark Jackson if he wants to come back to coaching
1: next year. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Jackson's making way too much run on yesterday. I, I yeah. Um this yeah. is interesting. I think it comes to me, I think it comes down to two people. Just just my just my I think it comes down to two people. Uh the first one is a given, I think, Jason Kidd for the right reasons, right? We we already yeah. seen Vogel, he's getting out coach right now against the Suns. That's, yeah. that's the topic for segment two, but we'll talk about that. And 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 Jason Kidd is in that staff and and, and, and you ask Jeannie Bus and Rob Palenka, Jason Kidd is the one that they wanted as the coach. Things weren't left. They couldn't get who they wanted. It ended up Vogel, But Jason Kidd would be great, obviously, for the right reasons. The second person, Mike, I'm about to say may, may actually surprise you. And I'm going to say this. I think this is the time that I believe the Boston Celtics make history, and, and perhaps. And they become uh, uh, trendsetters. I think we may finally have the first female head coach. And I'm talking about Becky Hammond. I think Becky Hammond would be great for this job. You look, you look at her resume, right? Player, now assistant coach, getting arguably taught by the greatest coach of all time in Popovich. You look at her in that uh, uh, court on, on the side sidelines, talking to guys like Lonnie Walker, talking to guys like Keldon Johnson, their evolution this year, and how obviously, you know, the, the, the Spurs develop their players better than than any team out there they've probably got one of the best developmental staffs in the NBA and then you see the development where Lonnie couldn't shoot last year Becky Hammond had a lot to do with that this year you just look at guys like Keldon Johnson you look at um other guys like DeMar DeRozan helping them extend his range to the three-point line and then on the bench she's not afraid to get after these guys and I think that's what Boston needs right Brad Stevens He, he, he was a great coach, but he didn't have that edge in him. And I think no. Becky has that. I, I've seen her get after guys like uh, DeMar DeRozan. And when you have stars like Tatum and Brown, accountability, Mike, is something that I think that Brad Stevens never did. And so yeah. Becky can do that. And, and, and I think that sets the tone for a lot of coaches out there in, 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 in women's sports. If they want to make the transition to the NBA, I think Becky would be great. Along with Jason Kidd, I, I think those are the two candidates that I'm looking at.
2: I like I like those picks. Um, be- Becky Hammond has definitely proven herself over time. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it, it, w- it would be very interesting if that was to happen. Um, you know, because they, they need they need some type of alpha mentality in that locker room. So it it, it would it would definitely be interesting.
1: Definitely be interesting there for sure. Uh, next topic here: breaking news. Mike Kucheski announced yesterday, Mike, that he is retiring after the 21-22 season. We know what Coach K stands for. Three-time gold medalist, um, obviously six-time national title with Duke. Um, He's had some great players. You think about Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, Grant Hill, Kyrie Irving, J.J. Redick. Um, You you think about the list goes on with some of those great talents. 41, Mike, 41 first-rounders as a coach. That's the most all-time by any collegiate head coach. Bill Self hasn't done it for all those one and dones that Calipari had, hasn't done it yet. You look at some of the greats, John Wooden with the UCLA back in the days. You look at um, Dean Smith, you look at Roy Williams in North Carolina, nobody's done it, but coach K. And so he's probably the most decorated collegiate head coach that we've seen. Uh, he's probably in the Mount Rushmore of collegiate coaches of all time. And so, when you think about Coach K, Mike, you think about the standard and, and
2: what legacy has he
1: has he left with you?
2: He's left a huge legacy. I mean, he's Duke. In my eyes, he's Duke. I'm 25 years old. I don't know Duke basketball without watching Coach K. Like, when I think of Duke basketball, I think of Coach K. It's the first thing that comes to my mind, and for good reason, because he's left a historic precedent before I was here, and he's continued it throughout, throughout my entire life. This brother is a, a This man, excuse me, he's a legend. And uh, in his own right, he will he go down as one of the greatest, the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Man, that was miserable, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> the editors, boy, they got they were cut out for them. Yeah, I
2: was, I was going to tell you, so I was like, Yeah, they're making their money's worth this week. Yeah, Lee,
1: they, they got they work cut out for them because, boy,
2: oh, yeah.
1: oh not, yeah, not this week. We got to get that out tomorrow or today or something. So, exactly, yeah. You ever heard in journalism if it takes too long, it becomes old news?
2: Exactly, all the yeah. time. that was one of the first things they told us Yeah, that's the first, that's that's one, uh, 101, that's 101 right there Everything Everything current, yeah. keep a current flow, that's how you keep it Keep it going Right, 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 right It's all good though, I just talked to the customer, we're right outside of her house so told, Oh, okay, cool, cool, we're, cool, last, cool. Yep. we're just me. about
1: to do your part and then we good Um. So I think we touched up on everything, so
2: Oh yeah, are we not talking a little bit more basketball?
1: Uh, no, got... I think no. We 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 covered everything. At the, I think I believe. Uh, yeah,
2: really. so, uh, about the next potentially, or you know stuff like
1: that. So, I don't know. Um, we can. It's just that my time slot is about to end, so that's the.
2: Yeah, I got.
1: You. Yeah, I got an hour slot. Um, it's just difficulties cost us a lot of time, bro. <laughs> no, good point. Yeah. That's real. And we are back here on our third and final segment here today on the 70 podcast radio show. That was a great segment or oh, with Rhonda there uh, for sure, Mike. But it's your time to shine.
2: It's time for Mike's closing arguments. Mike, take it away. Man, one man—it's it's been a great week of basketball so far. But one of my yes, I'm sticking to the NBA. One of one of the biggest closing arguments I had this week is the potential matchup we have in the second round, which which is entailing of the future of the NBA, and that could potentially be Utah Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker, and the Utah Jazz versus the Phoenix Suns. Now Phoenix has not wrapped up anything; they are still up three up three two. They still have one more game left against the Los Angeles Lakers to to, to face again. Just think about, that. Just think about what it entails. You have Donald Stutt, who's up and coming. He's he's proven he got his team right there. This just has got to prove and so does he. And you also have this kid Devin Booker, who this is his first time in the NBA. He's uh he's been proving himself on the stage for years and years throughout the regular season, but now he's doing it big in the playoffs and helping lead his team. The future of the NBA is bright when you think about the potential matchups of these two powerhouse players leading their teams. It's special, and uh, I wanted to highlight the potential of it. I want the basketball fanatics out there to really dissect and think about what what we potentially could see starting next week, along with the other great second-round matchups, but the, the future of the NBA. It's two brothers right there in and De- and Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell as far as the matchup is concerned, going back and forth at each other as far as buckets. If you thought Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray last star was a great matchup as far as a head-to-head combo, Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell will be that and some and we could potentially see it for the next few years, especially with the teams rising up and being um, one of the being top league uh. league. So that's the... That's my closing argument. The future of the NBA, two brothers, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yep, definitely there for sure. Those are some great guys uh, that will be dominating the league for a very, very, very long time for sure. Those two guys are are, are special, and that can be a Western Conference uh, a rival that we could see for years and years to come. Uh, that's going to be very special. That wraps it up for this week's episode and this week's show, and we'll see you guys next week. On a very special edition of the Savvy Podcast Radio Show.
2: Please, just, just remember, Coach K, for the, for the development of those players, uh, just everything everything he had for them, he gave them everything he had. Uh, just how much those guys wanted and work. worked for him on, on a nightly basis. The the production that he gave us on the field, all us college basketball fans love the game. He gave us he gave us uh, quality players and a quality show on majority of Saturdays and every season. He had his guys ready to work. And, and they never cheated the game, and that's a testament to Coach K. So, congrats, congrats on Coach K on a hell of a career. And, um, yeah.
1: Yep. Definitely, definitely there for sure. Definitely there for sure, Mike. Coach K will have a leaving legacy with us for sure as he retires. And we're not, we're uncertain now who's going to be a successor, right? Is it going to be Johnny Dawkins? Is it a coach of UCF? Is it going to be? We know that he played his ball at Duke. Um, is it going to be anybody else? But it's going to be interesting to see it. Like Boston, Mike, this is Duke. There's expectations. There's a standard here. You can't just be any coach. It has to be the right coach. In your mind, who you think should
2: be? That's that's, that, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, said, I'm not sure. Because I, I, I'm really wondering and I'm intrigued if they're going to go the same route like UNC went, you know. UNC obviously hired Hubert Davis, somebody that was on their coaching staff under uh, uh, under Williams for quite some time. If Duke is going to go the same route and pick pick one of their uh, assistant coaches, or, or, player, or players, or former coaches that's been on their staff for some time that they've been grooming for years and years and years to come, I know. Um, ten years down the line from now, I know. I, I know somebody like a Nolan Smith would be a great acquisition for a head coach. Right, right. Um, He's on know, that's somebody. Think, well, that, yeah. yeah, that's that's somebody that you know. I could see definitely becoming a Duke head coach. I don't know if, if this is if right now, but at some point in time. But um, it, it's so hard to tell about who who would become the head coach right now. But I know at, at some point, Nolan Smith will Duke. I just I see it already.
1: Yep, I definitely can see that. Uh, there for sure. Um, guys like. Johnny Dawkins and others as well oh, yeah. would be great, great, great candidates there for sure. But folks, do not go anywhere. Don't even think about <laughs> tapping your uh, your radio because when we come back, our featured guest joins us to talk NBA playoffs and much, much more. The, all this and more inside the studios of WNSC, the Seventy Podcast Radio Show, only streaming and heard here on WNSC Radio. And we're back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show here on WNSC Radio for our second segment here today. Folks, remember, promo code podcast gets you 20% off, 20% off on any Apple item. You can have the Apple product of your dreams. Opulent inventory. Remember, 20% off promo code podcast gets you the Apple product that you want. Our next segment here today, our next guest is known as Sports Girl. Boomer Sooner, and of course, knows all things sports. Rhonda Bird is with us today. Rhonda, it's a pleasure to have you on.
0: Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be on. How are you guys doing? I'm
1: doing well. Doing well. We're doing very, very, very good. How about yourself?
0: No, I'm doing well. It's a little rainy here today in the Northeast, but all is good.
1: Awesome. So let's just jump in right into it. And none fitting than Boomer Sooner himself, Trey Young, as he takes the bow last night. <laughs> against the yeah. New York fans that's mistreated him uh done malpractice to him the in that series in five games and trey has been special 27 and a half points per game in his first ever playoff series what's 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 stand, stood out to you thus far about his game
0: well, first of all, he's, I, I, he's really grown on me more and more. I like him because he's a Sooner, number one. That's number one. I will be honest. I live in, I've lived in and outside of New York city um, for 13 years. So I was, I was kind of sad with the way that, uh, yeah. that the way the New York, the Knicks played, but um, Trey has grown on me. You know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of charisma and he's dealt with the New York fans. And I love the bow last night. Mm. <laughs> and, um, You know, he, he's just, he, look, he scored, you know, he had 36 points, nine assists. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. He's got a bright, bright future, um, you know, and they, they really, Atlanta really did well with its outside shooting. You know, I just, I think the Hawks looked good and I think Trey was a great leader.
1: Right. Definitely. Definitely. There for sure. I I think it's been interesting, Mike, um, the way that, in the fashion that the, the Knicks have been outmatched in this series, I, I was wrong. I had the Knicks winning this series, but um, I just thought their defensive pressure would get to the Hawks. But was I wrong, Mike?
2: Yeah, that that offensive firepower, uh, especially under under Nate McMillan in that last part of the season when they were able to to come together, so that offensive firepower was just too lethal. I mean, yes, you you might have stretches or a game or so in a series where they don't look as sharp because of how how potent that New York defense is. But all in all, at, at some point, they're gonna get their shots up and they're gonna knock down knock down those buckets. So, they, they, you you saw that in the series. They they were just the more supreme team. But um, uh, but but, but Rhonda, Rhonda, talk to me about you know the Hawks and their their confidence going into this series with all the the the, the talk in the media about the Knicks and what they're gonna do to the Hawks. Whether do you, do you feel like the they were motivated heavily by and, and you know when when they got on the court they just they they just let it fly, especially in Atlanta.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think they were. It's. It was pretty insulting. I think they were. You know, people thought the Hawks were going to come in and the Knicks with Julius Randle's amazing. You know, he amazing year. I mean, he's the most improved player. I mean, he he's he's been on. You know, but he had a really bad shooting performance. I mean, he. I think he just hit thirty seven percent of his shots. Or was that right? And um, Mm -hmm. and he only hit you know twenty nine percent from the field. I'm I'm pretty sure I read and um. You know, I think I think the Hawks just were motivated. I think I was, I don't even, I'm sorry, kind of lost uh, a train of thought, but I think um, Julius Randle, I mean, I think he struggled a lot, you know, and, and, and he, it was, I think, first of all, this season for the Knicks was like, you know, so unexpected, the whole return, and, you know, they surpassed like really optimistic preseason expectations, you know, so I think all in all, it was a great season, but I think, um I think it was he had a great regular season um and he was really great against the Hawks I think the spotlight was tough for the Knicks and you know I think they were just like their offense was a little ineffective and but it it was it was frustrating to see how they played because like you know I think Julius Randle throughout most of the series um you know sending double and triple teams on him almost every touch of the ball so yeah it was tough tough but still I think for the Knicks nation is who I'm mostly sad for because the Knicks were pretty excited. The nation, the Knicks nation was, you know, really excited for this comeback. So kind of frustrating the way they played.
1: Uh, I think Mike mentioned last about this upcoming second round matchup for the Hawks um, going up against the Sixers. What's your take on this? Because this isn't the, this isn't the Knicks. This is the top seeded in the Eastern conference. What's your expectation for, for that matchup?
0: My expectation for, I, I, you know, I, I think also it's, well, Joel Embiid, I'm wondering if he's, you know, I think he just, it just came out that he had a torn meniscus, right?
1: Right, he did. Yeah, so, well.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, look, when he was playing, they, whenever he was playing, they, like, blew the doors off the Wizards, right? You know, so, <laughs> so I think it's going to, have they said what? What's, what
1: it's, it's. they're, they're taking it day to day at this point, but yeah. He, it's, it's unlikely that he, he he plays game one but they're gonna be you know testing it out and stuff. I think game one is Sunday, so they have some time.
0: They have some time. yeah. Um, I see the Sixers you know take I see the Sixers doing pretty well in, in, in going. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's gonna be a tough matchup for the Hawks.
1: I, I agree, Grel. What do you think Mike? It
2: is gonna be a tough matchup for the Hawks, but I think there are some matchups that the Hawks can present against the sixers that can actually give them a little bit of trouble. I mean, you, when you think about, you know, obviously Trey Young being able to spread the floor. Yes, they have great perimeter defenders spread the floor like that. You just give space to so many of so your other players. And his, that pick and roll, that, that pick and roll with, with him and Capella in the paint, especially with Joel Embiid, if he's injured, we don't know how, how serious that injury is going to be him being able to guard Trey and, and those guys in the pick and roll is gonna be key as well. So it's it's a lot of matchups with especially with those floaters that Trey that Trey likes to pull, especially in, in the, at the mid range section. So it's gonna be a lot of matchups that, that Atlanta's gonna to have to potentially sneak a game or two. I see that I see the Philly Philly potentially winning this series in six, potentially five. If they steal a game from Atlanta that Atlanta should win. I see Atlanta potentially getting to okay, games. this is a this is a high scoring team and, and they, they, they they can make things happen.
1: Um, we go from coast to coast, where you guys are in New York, to L.A. Both L.A. squads are down 3-2. The Clippers, they they just continue getting clipped by Luca, And, uh, of course, oh, he's so good. <laughs> and the Lakers, uh, they've got their hands tied against CP3 and and, and Booker. The Suns have the second-best record in the league this season. Um, Can we see a scenario that both L.A. teams out of this competition what's, what, what's, what's, what's going on with the Clippers and Lakers?
0: I think the Lakers, I mean, look, the Suns are a deep team and um, it's a big, you know, a big edge against like the depleted Lakers. I mean, You know, they like Ad's out with a groin injury. He says he still wants to play. I saw that this morning, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I know Caldwell Pope missed game four and you know, he's got a knee contusion. I think that's a mess. And then, you know, they need AD and LeBron. I think we all know to make to go deep, but I think that, you know, that like if you're a gambling man, you're going to take – I definitely think you're going to take the Suns in game six tonight. But I think the Lakers will – you know, they'll put like a circle the wagons type effort, you know, and they're going to try to get this series back to the desert. But I don't know. I think it's going to be really tough with all their injuries, CP3, uh, Devin Booker. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for the Lakers tonight. Yeah, I definitely
1: yeah. agree. Like, what's what's up with the Clippers and the Lakers, Mike? the
2: The, the Clippers, the Clippers – are A team nice. that is that is. I didn't touch. Him. Oh man! Oh, you didn't touch yeah, yeah, No, you, you go, you go. Let yeah. me hear what
0: you have to say. Yeah, yeah
2: the, the Clippers are one of those teams. They're so interesting. They're um, they they they're hard. They're hard to watch at times. Yet so fun to watch at times because you see the expectations mm-hmm. that they have for themselves. You see the expectations that others have for them, and when they don't live up to them, it's it's, it's like oh man. But this Dallas matchup coming into the series was a bad matchup for them. And yeah. Luka, Doncic, Luka Doncic right now is showing it. I mean, 42-14-8. and eight. That's just special. Mm. Luka Doncic has outplayed Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in their house in three straight games. That's, that, that, that's, that's, that's unprecedented. And also, he's had his running mate, Tim Hardaway Jr., score over 20 points in each of those games. And when they've done, it, when they've done that, those pairing they're 3-0 and in this series. and They mm-hmm. won all three games. This is going to be one of those series that if it, it goes down to it, the underdog is winning every game. The underdog won the first two games. The underdogs won the next two games. Then the underdog won this game five. We'll see if the Clippers can bounce back and bring force a game seven. But right now, I feel like all of the pressure is on the Clippers because they cannot go out in the first round after what they did last year. And Luka Doncic and the uh, Mavericks, they should should be playing with house money in game six uh, as far as the next game is concerned because they have nothing to lose. All the pressure is on the Clippers. I expect shots to be flying, and it's going to be interesting to see how this series plays out. But the Clippers are a weird team to, to judge sometimes because they live up to expectations, and they come back from adversity on the road, and then they come home, and they lay another egg, and they can barely score a bucket in the second half against Dallas, a team that hasn't, that hasn't really been known for their de- defensive prowess. So. But the Lakers on one end, the Lakers on one end, without Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. you heard the commentators say it best. Anthony Davis is probably the most valuable player on this team because LeBron James at this time and at this point in his career cannot carry the load the way he's been doing it for the last 10 years. It's just not the same guy. He's the, that mileage on his legs. That matters. And we're seeing that with the Lakers right now. And they don't have the right – without Anthony Davis in that lineup, they don't have enough offensive firepower from the others in order to compete with a team like the Suns, who, who is loaded from the, the, the top heavy, bottom heavy, you name it. This is a loaded ball club, so – it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. They need Anthony Davis to play. If he doesn't play, it's, it's, it, the Lakers season could definitely be over tonight because even when the Lakers give their best effort, they just, might, they just don't have enough offensive firepower to, to compete against the Phoenix. So that's how I feel about these two L.A. teams.
0: And LeBron James, a totally father time catching up, right? I mean, he spoiled us like so rotten, you know. We're like frustrated when he doesn't like bulldoze his way to like 10 layups a game, you know what I mean? But he's not who he was a decade ago it's just a different it's a different lebron james and luka Doncic is just he's <laughs> unbelievable he's had the most breathtaking performance in this whole series you know this whole playoff he's unbelievable unbelievable he, he's like the, he's the second player i think 21 or younger to was it to record like multiple 40 point games or 22 and under i mean he's just right. unbelievable unbelievable
1: he, he is he's he's, he's special and, and, and ironic in that series, all road teams have won. The, the, the home court yeah. really doesn't matter in that series, which is funny. Uh, I, I was talking to Mike, and we made comparisons. We've seen Kobe mm-hmm. have similarities to MJ's game. We've seen other players mm-hmm. have similarities to greats. But we've never seen anything close to Bird. And I've made this. Larry Bird, uh, yeah. I, I think he's, he's Larry 2.0 because there isn't any flaws offensively in his game now. The, the free throws is, is a need. He needs to work on that. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, the kid is is special, and he's only uh, 22 years old, and, and he's just incredible. But I want to bring this back to Phoenix. What's been impressive in that series is their defense. Um, you think about Phoenix all these years, even Dan Marley and, and Chuck – and Charles Barkley back in the days they were all offense Steve Nash and Dan Tony but this team plays defense under Monty Williams I I think also that's that's also been a big biggest difference on on taking down the Lakers or being up in the series as well
0: I think the Lakers I mean look the Suns are a deep team and um, it's a big you know a big edge against like the depleted Lakers I mean You know, they like AD's out with a groin injury. He says he still wants to play. I saw that this morning, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I know Caldwell Pope missed game four. And you know, he's got a knee contusion. I think that's a mess. And then, you know, they need AD and LeBron, I think we all know to make to go deep. But I think that, you know, that like if you're a gambling man, you're going to take – I definitely think you're going to take the Suns in game six tonight. But I think the Lakers will – you know, they'll put like a circle the wagons type effort, you know, and they're going to try to get this series back to the desert. But I don't know. I think it's going to be really tough with all their injuries, CP3, uh, Devin Booker. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for the Lakers tonight.
1: I wanted to switch gears uh, to the tennis game.
0: The tennis, um, yes.
1: And, and uh, Naomi's decision to withdraw from the French Open and, of course, uh, Venus's remarks
0: mm-hmm, um, defending,
1: mm-hmm. obviously, her fellow <laughs> United States uh, contemporary about that I, um, with the media. I wanted to get your take on that. Um, I, I think that's an underrated aspect. We, we think about all these athletes as if like they're supernatural and uh, inhuman. Like explain to us about that. And what was your thoughts on that?
0: These, these, these athletes are not robots, right? They, they have, you know, they have, they're just, they're just as human as the rest of us. And they have, they have, you know, they have feelings, they have thoughts, they have hard days, bad days, good days. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can. Go ahead.
0: Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm like, so she, you know, she dropped out of the French Open, you know, citing concerns for her mental well-being. And I think, um, you know, I think it's a breakthrough for mental health awareness because I think there is a lot of people struggling right now, especially after the pandemic and the lockdown. You know, she put herself out there, you know. She's like, she put herself out there and 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 it's like I said, a breakthrough through maybe for the mental health world. And I think it's something that people could really use help with many, many people. And I love Venus's response. I mean, she's so goaded for that. You know, I just think it was great, you know, and you know, the press asked her how she copes with speaking to the media because Osaka said, you know, she basically dropped out because she, she said this post-match press conference was going to give her, it was giving her anxiety. Venus's response was goaded. I loved it. I love what she said, you know, People asked her how she dealt. She deals with the media during her career because you know Osaka said she didn't want to do the post match press conference because of her anxiety, and I just love what Venus responded with. I know you guys know the response as well. I saw your post on it. It was great.
1: Yeah, very, very, very well said. Well done. Yeah, you can't hide it. You
0: can't. You'll never light a candle to me. I Thought it was great. Yeah, it was great.
1: It it, it, it was. It was great. I wanted to get your thoughts as well on because I, I think the media and fans are. Are, are, are getting out of control with this. They just think that they can get away with anything, right? Uh, with, with spinning on Trey Young to the popcorn accident in Philadelphia to a water bottle being thrown at Kyrie in Boston. Um, what, these fans have gotten out of control. And, and, and what's your take on that? And what should the league do in regards to this?
0: I mean, honestly, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, fans need to behave in a certain way. I mean, come on. You know, the Russell Westbrook incident really made me mad anyway. You know, I'm a Russell fan, Oklahoma City Thunder. He was loyal to Oklahoma City for 11 years, I just want to say. <laughs> and he's a good guy. And and not only that, he had just gotten injured. And I mean, come on. Like he's walking out of the court with an injury and you throw popcorn on him. I mean, and I just think that's, you know, uh, you know, I think the league is going to have to crack down and I think it's prompted the league to ca- uh, to uh, to crack down. The NBA enhance is enhancing its code of conduct. I don't know if you guys saw that saying, it, you know, no longer will tolerate anything that jeopardizes a safe and respectful environment. And I think that's good because, you know, fans have to, again, it's, it goes back to the Naomi Osaka thing. They're not, they're not robots. They're, they're human beings. You know, don't come to the game if you can't act and, and behave in a certain way. And, you know, it could be like uh, there could be some pent up energy and angst. I don't know, just built up over the quarantine period, the lockdown period you know, not being able to go to sports, and now people can. And maybe there's just kind of an unruly environment right now. So, yeah. Definitely. Really, really. Yes.
1: I agree with that. Go ahead, Mike. What's your stance on that?
2: Yeah, no, I do the same sentiments. I mean, it's a lot of people have a lot of, you know, uh, it's a lot of adrenaline rush and a lot of, you know, lost calls from people that were in the house for quarantine. So people come outside, they start acting like, we like got grown folks acting like children. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're saying. So uh, I, I have the same stance. I don't agree with it. It's, 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 it's distasteful, disrespectful to the game. The spit on you is, is utterly ridiculous. And, and at ridiculous. that point, it's not even about basketball. It's about your disrespect for me as a man. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 just, it's just wrong. Some of the mm-hmm. things we see is distasteful. You get a little liquor in your system and then you don't know yep. So it's, it's ridiculous and it's something that the league, I'm sure that they'll, that they'll, they'll continue to take advantage of and, and make sure that the consequences for players or for people that do this are steep because they're not going to stop fans from coming to the game because that's the revenue. That's the money. So at the end of the day, you have to punish and you have to succumb to, the, to those people that, that act as the right message. Absolutely. Agreed.
1: Well, this is the best part, and and (laughs) hopefully that this goes very well, but this is the best part of the show (laughs) where we get the interpersonal part of our guests, you know, off sports and and just life in general. We're playing a new game this time, Mike. It's called fill in the blank. So we're still going to do this or that, and we're still going to do the other games, but we're going to say fill in the blank. So I'll I'll start a sentence. Go easy with me. And then okay. we'll go blank and you have to finish it. All right. All right. fairly simple. All right. Okay. Growing up in Oklahoma, <laughs> the worst thing I did was.
0: Oh, uh, still s- take my parents car out before I was 16, before I had a driver's license. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: oh wow. Uh, that's, that's...
0: Uh, that's bad. Uh, I know. Crazy um... Oklahoma kids.
1: Lots lots of Oklahoma kids for there for sure. Uh here's one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If I could run any bat a baseball operation for any franchise, the team blank would be the team that I like.
0: Oh, that's tough. (laughs) For me, I don't I think it would be the St. Louis Cardinals or the New York Yankees. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh... Yeah. Go ahead. And I've Mike, always had I- a dream I've always had dreams of owning a team. So, hey.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Mike.
0: History major. I went to UCLA. I majored in history and I love historical fiction. So, I don't know oh, if you've okay. ever heard of a book by Leon Uris called The Hajj, but that's that's what it would be. <laughs> so, it's a okay. great book and it's kind of about what's going on in the Middle East right now. So, anyway, okay. that's what it would be.
1: Oh, awesome! Awesome! I actually know you were in a history major. That's my yeah. I know.
0: So uh, I had my I'm a historian history. myself. You are nice. I like it. I love history.
1: Yeah. Um, here, here is a this or that scenario. Okay. Uh, this or that? Uh, sandy beaches out there in California, or warm beaches here on the East Coast?
0: Oh, it's California, hundred <laughs> percent. Not even a question.
2: Yeah, Mike. He said, "And not even a question. I got another this yeah. and that for you. Do you like small cars or big trucks?"
0: You know, I like. I like. I've, I've, I've kind of been wanting to get a truck. It's my Oklahoma. I like. I like big trucks. I do think. You know, us as Americans, we're all a little bit spoiled, and we all. Um, we <laughs> we we probably shouldn't all be driving such big cars, but I do like big trucks. I have to say. I do. You can put a lot of stuff back there. I, I need like my own pickup to just like put all my stuff in the back.
1: If you're on a table
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're having dinner with five athletes and having a conversation, who would those five athletes be on the table?
0: Ali, cuz he's Ooh. one of my heroes. Right. Um Kobe Bryant, for sure, for sure. Uh Michael Jordan. Um oh, This is so hard. Um does it have to be? Is it, is it, does it have to be players from? A long it could time? be
1: anybody. It could Be celebrities, actors. It could be oh anybody.
0: celebrities too. Okay, right on. Um, oh god, public figures, not... anybody. Okay, Barack Obama for sure. Oh my god, the banging, Barack Obama for sure. Um, and John F. Kennedy.
1: <laughs> oh. That's my...
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Interesting list: Obama, John
2: <laughs> Kennedy, <laughs> Jordan, Muhammad
0: Ali. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I got my basketball players. My Muhammad Ali, he's one of my heroes. I love Barack Obama. And uh, John F. Kennedy, I have some questions for him. But I have to add, can I add Jesus Christ? I have some pre- questions for him too. <laughs> A lot of questions, <laughs> lot of questions for him as all- well.
1: The Lord is always with you. That's that's yeah. what they say. That's
0: right. He is. All right. Okay.
2: <laughs> nice. Over, 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 overrated or underrated? The NBA playoffs so far.
0: Underrated. Okay. Mm, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're. I don't. I don't think they're. Maybe. I, I mean, I'm. I'm enjoying them. Is what I could say. So I guess that would be. What is that? Would that be over? I don't know. Or yeah, would be we, we hear the
2: noise. We hear the, We hear the noise around the league from players and others and people, uh, correspondents that are that are adamant to first round being a five game series instead of seven because of the lack of competition throughout the past few years mm-hmm. or years in general. So uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know uh, this first round. What what's your take? What's your take on this first round? Do you did, did you thoroughly enjoy it, or do you do you do you feel like that the, they should go to the five the five game uh, series?
0: I, I'm enjoying the five. What about you guys?
2: Okay, then uh, I, I I love the seven. I love I love the okay. seven game series because it's still it's still competitive in certain in certain aspects. But um, I understand people's grievances with certain certain levels of competition between the first round. But I love it. It, especially in the
0: West right
1: on definitely definitely that for sure it's been great this has been great um we we definitely have to have you on outside of all of this well maybe
0: i could do it on my my computer and it wouldn't be i don't know maybe i could call you from there
1: but we want to make sure that you know we we, we thank you for being patient with us and and definitely um enlighten us with, with your knowledge there for sure folks if you guys want to connect with Rhonda, the description to all her platforms will be in the description box below. And um if you want to hear our segment, it's available on 16 different platforms worldwide there for you, Rhonda. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys so much. It was great talking to you both. I would love to do it again.
2: No doubt. Thank you, Rhonda. Enjoy.
0: Okay. Boomer sooner. <laughs>
2: Hey
1: everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. sebypodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebu Podcast is wherever you go.